you know, management consulting and uh, firms, uh, consulting firms in the world, gave them an award for being the entrepreneur of the year 2014 for West Africa. Yeah. So if you missed it last Wednesday, praise God. Let's, let's appreciate God for that. If you missed it last Wednesday, uh, you can get the, the, the CD of the service and listen to that. She did a very great job. And I, I also feel, personally, I feel it's, it's a challenge uh, uh, that she's posing to the women folk uh, because women are always saying that they're not given the chance. And then some of us write and defile, you know, uh, what has been the norm, then it's a point out to the fact that God doesn't discriminate. Praise God. I said, praise God. Positioning for opportunities. That's what we're looking at this morning. Positioning for opportunities. And I'll read from Luke chapter 19 and verse 1 to 5. Positioning for opportunities. Luke chapter 19 and verse 1 to 5. And it will be displayed on the screen. Just perhaps you don't have a Bible of your own this morning, but don't make it uh, culture. Please come to church uh, with something from which you can read the Bible. Luke 19 from verse 1 to 5. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a, a chief tax collector. And he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was. But he could not because of the crowd. Somebody say the crowd. Oh, come on, say it again. Say the crowd. So the Bible says he could not of the crowd for he was of short stature. So he ran and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. I must stay at your house. The Lord, the reading of your There's something about the way this world is configured uh, such that a man can live almost his entire life and is not able to see opportunities and opportunities may not be able to see him. So there's, uh, there's a possibility that you can be positioned in a way that blocks your view of opportunities and also blocks opportunities from locating you. Have you seen uh, men and women before who seem to be um, mentally astute, who seem to be sharp, who seem to have uh, certain skills or talent, but yet it looks like opportunities have a way of escaping them. It looks like opportunities just look for, at them from afar and take a different direction. And you know, in this part of the world, what we don't understand, we mystify. So when you don't understand something, you say, oh, maybe uh, it's a curse that is in operation. Maybe some people are doing them from the village or something like that. Is that not what we do? What we don't understand, we mystify. And instead of seeking understanding, uh, we mystify it. We feel very perplexed about it and we just drop it. And if you're a believer, all you do then is just to pray. And then... Believers get to a point where we say, God will do what he will do. In Jesus' name. <laughs> but you know the truth? That many things God really wants to do, uh, but we also have our part to play. What we don't understand, we need to seek understanding of them and not justify them. Not everything in life is mysterious. Some things are principle-based and they're very simple. And when it comes to positioning for opportunity, sometimes it can be as simple as that. When you understand how to position yourself, you understand how to be at the right place at the right time. In, in, 
in branding and marketing, positioning is, 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 a, is, an, is an entire area of that body of knowledge. So when you read uh, books like, um, uh, um, you know, books from Al Rees, the guy called Al Rees, a, a, a branding professional, he wrote a book called Positioning. That's the title, Positioning. And in Al Rees' book, you know, on branding, he spoke about the fact that there's something that's called uh, um, positioning statements, for instance. So when you hear things like, truly the first. How many of us have heard that before? I don't want to mention names. But that's a positioning statement. That's a positive statement. So when you ask things like uh, um, the, the, the foremost IT company in West Africa, that's a positioning statement. Marketing gurus use that a lot, and they just use to bamboozle people. And to, to create a position in the mind of the prospect. So positioning itself, positioning is an organized system for finding a window in the mind of your prospect. An organized system for finding a window in the mind of your prospect. An organized system for finding a window in the mind of your prospect. So um, as somebody seeking a job, for instance, your prospect is an employer. How do you want to find a window in the mind of your prospect so that when you show up in front of them, you are positioned to get attention and you are believable? So that what you say you do, they will believe you that you're able to do it. Is somebody still with me today? Still with me today? So positioning is very key. The Bible says the race is not to the swift, the race is not to always to the strong. Men of, you know, understanding and all that will not always win. But the Bible says, but time and chance happen to them all or being at the right place at the right time. Being at the right place at the right time. In the same book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 3, it talks about the fact that in verse 1, it says, uh, there's time for everything. There's time for everything. There's favorable condition for everything. So positioning, the positioning concept works in this manner. That certain things can only occur at the right time, at the right place, under the right circumstances, or certain circumstances. Yeah. So if I want to position for something, I must understand what's the right time for it, what's the right place for it, under what circumstance will this kind of thing happen? So back to Luke 19 that we read, the Bible says Jesus had to pass through Jericho. So was walking through Jericho. Uh, Zacchaeus, God made the king and the Lord of Lords, the one who is an embodiment of opportunity, was going to pass through that place that day. And what occurred to him was that it may not be a bad idea to see this Jesus. He wants to see what it looks like. But definitely he got more than he bargained for. Because he decided to position himself. The Bible says he, he wanted to, but because of the crowd. Somebody say the crowd. A lot of the time, the devil has a way of positioning crowds in destiny to crowd us out of our opportunities, crowd our view away from you know, the things that we need to see and understand so we can work with God to unnest opportunities and position properly. But that same God gave him the wisdom don't look too far. See the sycamore tree. So Zacchaeus went on the sycamore tree. And the sycamore tree gave a vantage positioning that did not only give him the opportunity to see Jesus, but the Bible says, and Jesus looked up and saw him. And invariably, 
We can summarize by saying there's a place you can be in destiny. That opportunities will be able to see you and you'll be able to see opportunities. Say amen, somebody. Amen. This was exactly what happened to Zacchaeus here. He positioned himself to the end that he could see opportunities and opportunities can, uh, could, could, uh, could also see him. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? Will it be appropriate then for me to ask the question this morning that what is your sycamore tree? And if you don't like the word sycamore, put mango. Yeah. <laughs> What's your mango tree? Because I know in this part of the world we don't have sycamore trees. This was in Israel, all right? So in this part we have mango tree. We have, uh, you may not want to climb orange trees. It has stones on it, all right? I think I'm right. Yeah. Uh, 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 or guava tree, or, you know. Or if you live in the north, don't go yarrow. <laughs> there are all kinds of trees around us. What, what's your tree? What did you climb? What will give the right positioning? I remember reading uh, this Luke uh, 19 uh, in one of the books written by this great writer, Mark Lucado. Mark Lucado was writing about, about Zacchaeus and he said, you know what? Sometimes we, we, we trouble ourselves so much. We, we, we find it difficult to get into that understanding that God is always seeking to go ahead of us. See, this, the, what, what you need right now to position appropriately is not just going to be created today. Before Zacchaeus was born, sycamore tree had already been planted. While Zacchaeus was growing up, he walked past that same tree many times. The day that he had to see Jesus, God opened his eyes to see the same sycamore tree that he may go on it. Because Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, today, he said, make case and come down. Today, I'm going to be in your house. And he said, Jesus cannot visit your house and you will remain the same. Destiny will straighten up. Yeah. Things will take shape. But you see, many people today always think that you can figure out destiny with your mind or with your brain. Can I challenge you this morning? Your brain is too small to figure out your entire destiny. If, if Zacchaeus wanted to plant a tree at that material point in time, how long will it take for the tree to grow? Or he wants to go and look for, for one pole to put there. Everything you need for your destiny, God has gone ahead of you to position them around you. Your responsibility, therefore, in destiny is to be able to locate such things and take advantage of them. Locate those things and be able to take advantage of them. There are sycamore trees that have been planted before you were born. Some of them are human beings. Some of them are, I'm going to go into it as I unpack in a, in a short while. Some of them are many things. God has just positioned them around you in destiny. Your prayer should be for God to open your eyes. And this month, I'm trusting God in this church that God will open our eyes to see opportunities. Somebody here in 2015, Glory to Jesus. Uh, there will be something new happening in your destiny. Uh, people who interacted with you in 2014 will not be able to recognize them. Say a big amen, somebody. Because when Jesus visits a man, things turn around. When you meet with one opportunity that has been positioned in destiny, something you know, changes, something changes, something changes. What is your sycamore tree? 
Where do you need to be for clearer visibility, both for you and your prospect? That's, those, those are the big questions of this morning. And in this Enterprise Development Month, I believe that God will give you answers to those questions. Oh, I, I didn't hear your amen. amen. I said God will give you answers to those questions amen. in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So there's a place I need to be. There's something I need to see. There's something I need to take advantage of if I will be able to maximize destiny. And if we take this a little further and leave Zacchaeus for a while, and let's quickly check out Jesus. And let's draw a parallel between this story that we've been checking out and the story of Jesus. Because the Bible also says that Jesus recognized and positioned himself in certain ways so that by the time he was 30, the whole of his city and his country, everybody was looking for him. People were going after him. There was a way he positioned in destiny to be able to achieve that at the age of 30. So when you look at Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, and um, uh, if you check it out from verse 41 of Luke chapter 2, I'm actually going to get us to read verse 52 together as a church. Uh, But maybe before, let's read verse 52 together. Can can we have that uh, on, on the screen? Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. Can we read it together as a church? Are we ready? All right. One, two, let's go. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God. Can we do it one more time? Let's go. And Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God. For the last time, let's read it together. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Now, prior to verse 52, if you read from verse 41 on Luke chapter 2, something happened there. Jesus went with his parents on a journey to another city, and they were turning. And for three days, quote and unquote, God was missing. (laughs) Because Jesus could not be found. And you may want to ask the question, what kind of parents were Mary and Joseph? That you didn't see your little boy of 12. Day one. Day two. And day three. It was day three. They said, ah, they thought he was with uh, Auntie Jane on the first day. Day two. Maybe he was with Uncle James. Uh, but by day three, no, no, no. This is getting. So they went back and looked for him. And you know, the Bible says they, they met him in the temple. He was reasoning with teachers of the law. He was reasoning with teachers of the law. And that talks about. Uh, you know, a positioning. Perhaps God allowed them to just leave him for those three days <laughs> to be able to have fun. Yeah. Reasoning with doctors of the law. And what happened when they approached him and they said, how come, how can you do this to us? We've been anxious and fretting over you. When, what, what, what are you doing? And Jesus said, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? Now, I stand to risk this morning of positioning Jesus to you like, you know, uh, somebody who is better than all of us. He is, actually. But <laughs> as in, you may just say, that was Jesus. You know, that, that's Jesus. And that's why he's king of the Lord of Lords. So, in his earthly work here, he was as simple as any one of us. He had, the Bible says, he was in all ways tempted as we are. That means he was in the flesh exactly like us. Whatever happened to him, so that at the age of 12, he knew how to position for destiny. 
uh, start to happen. Praise God. You see, the, 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 the temple structure for those days was a very hierarchical structure. You don't just stroll in and, um, you know, and just sit down and be asking Pharisees, who are you? If a young boy was very astute, who could engage them intellectually for them to allow him to stay put for that long, just interacting with the teachers of the law. I hope you understand what I'm saying. And this, so in verse 52, when the Bible says, and Jesus grew in knowledge, I mean, sorry, in wisdom and stature. And he was in favor of God and with men. very instructive. It, it speaks volume about his positioning. Mentally, intellectually, his positioning socially. His position spiritually. Let's unpack this a little. Are you, I said, you're, all right. So when you talk about being, I mean, increasing in wisdom and stature, the Bible simply talks about is, is mental position. So, the big plan somebody here this morning is, what is the mental or physical sycamore tree that I need to climb? Because Jesus understood his own. Knowledge and skill are the two great sycamore trees that you must keep climbing. If not, you can't fulfill your destiny. And you can't see opportunities, and opportunities may not be able to see you. When was the last time, somebody here, when was the last time you read a book after college, after university? When was the last time you read a book in your field? Because you can say, I'm a marketer, I'm a marketer. And we know how we market in Lagos, so we'll get to it, we're hustling. But everything science to it, all right? There's a way to close a deal, there's a way to open a deal. I hope you understand what I'm saying. There's a, there's, there's a way to go about code calls, even if you want to do code calls. But when you don't study, you're not positioned to understand what is next. The Bible says Jesus did not live that way. He positioned himself in such a way that he was climbing knowledge trees, mental advancement trees. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? Saw this quote from Abraham Lincoln. One security on this earth, and that is found in the ability of a person. One wealth, one security. This saying is at par with the scripture that says, "And but where one security, and that starts with knowledge." Ladies and gentlemen, we live in a country where people lobby and jostle for positions and all that. But when you see people, this way, for them. The so way you can position them, looking for, are you this morning? Opportunities will be looking for you. So what, what, what's, what's, what's my advice this morning, especially in this area of personal development and positioning yourself mentally? I'll say, you must be a specialist and a generalist. A specialist and a generalist in your industry. So you know a lot about something and know a little about everything. When you, when you are a specialist, I mean, can you imagine working in financial service, for instance, and a risk management guru 
or a corporate finance guru. So somebody comes into the hierarchy of the organization and there's a problem. Whether they're talking in the boardroom or beside the work, when they say corporate finance, before the mentor name must come up. At that point, highly positioned for any opportunity. Am I saying the truth? They just say, oh, if you get that guy, just give him overnight. He will turn out solutions for you tomorrow morning. That's the story they will do. In other company, and they will see the chain of the board, whatever it will take. They said that guy is a guru with our competition. Whatever it will take, get him here. Just like Pharaoh. To the heart of my kingdom. You know what makes kings and people of me say to the half of my kingdom? They have seen superior skills such that they have not seen before. Are you still with me today? And that's achievable. We position ourselves right. It's highly achievable when we position ourselves right. Tell your neighbor for me, say, I want to be a specialist. Or say it again, say, I want to be a specialist. There's no better place to position than on the, at the top. Now, I was reading a book many years ago, and in that book, the assertion was that if you get a PhD at any field of endeavor, you are in the three top percent in field. PhD. Yeah, top three percent in field. If you can read up to PhD in any field. It speaks volume about the kind of positioning that the PhD gives you. All right, so when you're talking about any area at all that is a body of knowledge and you need to engage people who know how things work in that area, anyone who has studied up to PhD level there is in top 3%, so there's no way your name will not float up. Am I saying the truth? You can't be top 3% and opportunities will not see you. And you won't see opportunities. And that's PhD. You may not be interested in the academia or anything like that. But can you get the top 3% in your own area? And a lot of time it's achievable without PhD. In fact, in your own body of knowledge, it may not be PhD yet. Maybe you'll be, <laughs> maybe you'll be the one to get the honorary one. Because, I mean, today, there's a level you position yourself that PhD will be running after you. They will be surprised that you don't have one, so they say, we want to give you. <laughs> because at the level that you're rating, you're past PhD. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? Very important. Very important. Very important. So I want to be a specialist and a generalist. Know something so well about something. That's the best security. That's the greatest wealth. That's the greatest wealth. You know, some people, they, some people could die. They have plenty of money. They are very well. Well, that's the... The hand, as in, if we think about it, what are we going to miss? Okay, this person has money. Money will float around and that's the hand. But some other people will die and you just, God. If only we can get their brain, their brain. Because <laughs> you know that brain is an asset. Yeah. You know that brain is an asset. Because there's something there that has been elevated. Praise God. When we read Michael Atlas, he spoke about the 10,000 hour rule in that book. And um, spending 10,000 hours on one skill will make you a specialist in that area. It says anything you can practice for 10,000 hours, you gain mastery in that area. And he gave, he gave many examples. He gave many examples. He spoke about, for instance, uh, um, Bill Gates and Pauline. The fact that because 
the SMC first mainframe computer to the state, state of Michigan or so. Uh, um, um, and they live very close to the university that has the first mainframe computer there. They gain access. In fact, sometimes they will manipulate the entry procedure to be able to enter. Sometimes they were there all night and they will form their pillow on their bed. Their parents will think they're sleeping in their room. And they were very young. Bill Gates and Paul Allen. So don't say that they, they are one of the richest people in the world today and it came by chance. That well said, they invested their 2,000 hours when they were young. Even in entertainment. I mean, many of us have read the story of uh, Tiger Woods before, for instance. The fact that uh, um, uh, he, he would be made to wake up maybe at 5 a.m. or something, and then he would practice or, or just be picking balls until midday before he would eat breakfast and stuff like that. He invested his 10,000 hours early in life. And invested it in, even if you are just a, what do you call it, caddy or something. Uh -huh. If you're just a caddy, you know, in golf, and you're just, all you do is pick balls and run after them. You're learning something. You see how they tilt themselves when they want to hit that thing. So it's not by chance that then at age uh, 32, you are, you, you are winning all the championships around the world. And somebody will say and say, it was very fortunate or lucky. I want to be lucky like that. And it's about positioning. All right? So there's a way. I position myself to be. We also say that leaders are readers. So books position you to see further and enlarge your worldview, give you mental capacity. See, when you read the book of a man, your mind is elevated to the level of the mind of the writer. Your mind is elevated to the level of the mind of the writer. And you know, the funny thing about the human mind is that when it is enlarged, it doesn't return back to the same size. Doesn't return back. It's not like you normally stick. When it goes like that, it's going to shrink back, maybe a little, but it almost stays at that level. When you read a book, your level of thinking, your ability to think, rises to the level of the person who wrote the book. Somebody say, Can I say this? That in the next decade, 10 years from now, this country would have gone through and waves politically, socially, and all that, and things would settle. Say amen, somebody. Amen. When things start to settle, the opportunities will be much more glaring. Would you be positioned to attract those opportunities? Will you be able to see them? Some of us here today will still have the back of our mind to serve our country. Maybe serve as a minister, federal minister, cabinet minister, serve as senator, that. They're going to beg you, beg for it. It's how you position now. Yeah. It's how you position now. That will determine whether they will, they will beg you or beg. You know, some people, they love this. Let go. Just one position. Why some people, they will send emissaries to them and beg them, go and look for their father if he's still alive, and all the chiefs in their village to beg the person. To say, leave what you have come and your country. People who served in the Bible that God put on, that was all of them. Talk about Daniel, talk about Joseph, talk about, they actually begged them to say, come on, you are the only one that can do this. It's about positioning, sir. It's about positioning. It's about how you position yourself. It's about how you position yourself. Secondly today, um, the Bible says, Jesus not only increased in 
wisdom and stature. He had favor with God and with men. Let me take favor with God. It talks about spiritual positioning. Spiritual positioning. Favor, God. Spiritual positioning. Spiritual positioning. Everything rises and falls on the states or the strength of your spirit. So Proverbs 18, verse 14, it says that the spirit of a man will sustain him in six. But who can bear it? I love the King James Version. It says the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity or weakness, but a broken spirit who can bear Spirit of a man. So everything rises and falls on the state of your spirit. And as a way a man can position spiritually, that become a prey for the devil. There's another way you can position spiritually that you're able to put the devil, you know, far away from you. So first Peter, first uh, Peter chapter five, there, when you read from verse six, it says, Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Say, so casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Now look at this. He said, Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he might devour. Now, we think the devil is so powerful and devour anybody. Why is he seeking to see who he may devour? That's the state of be spiritually, that you become prey in the hand of the devil. Those are the kind of people he came for. The devil is not that powerful. He can't devour everybody. If he can devour everybody, the Bible says he's looking for who to devour. Anybody that shows up, will just grab them. Am I saying the truth? Just like a roaring lion, Looking for who to devour. And when he's looking, looking for the moon, he doesn't understand his righteous spirit. Who is that person there who doesn't have power with God and favor with God? Who is that person who, whose relationship with God is so bad and terrible? If I deal with him, there will be no consequence. But if you are fervent in the spirit, look at what the Bible says here. It says, resist him steadfast in the faith. That's what happens. You know, when the dog is about to attack, the very knowledgeable dogs, wise dogs, the, the, the psychologists say that they have the capacity to sniff fear from afar. So, what a dog barks, and it sees your body language, and you square up and say, what's up? Yeah, the dog will be like, ah, bad business. See, they will still be barking, but they will be moving back. Small, small. But if the dog says, who, who? And you do that. <laughs> and you say, <laughs> the, dog, the dog will move towards you. I'm back a little more. And then he sees, he wants to shark you so that maybe you start running and he can run after you. Yeah, people who have dogs there will, will tell you that when the dog is barking at you, don't run, just stay. Am I saying the truth? Yeah, just don't, don't fret. Just, and some, some people here are saying, oh, Pastor, <laughs> don't run. So can you run faster than the dog? That's the issue here. <laughs> Praise God. But don't lose, don't lose me. Don't forget my point here. The state of your spirit is very, extremely important. The Bible says, in um, Matthew chapter 1, talking about the story of Mary. You know one thing about the way things work out in the spirit? There's a lot around positioning there. A lot. Time will not permit me to unpack it. A lot. In Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, yeah, there was a prophecy of Isaiah that says, 
This is the sign that God will give. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That, this prophecy was close to 400 years before Christ was born. So if you are reading the Bible and you just open from Isaiah and you jump to Matthew, and you think they happened, that happened yesterday and it happened today, no. Isaiah made that statement about 400 years before Christ was born. So for about 400 years, that prophecy was hovering. And it came to a point of fulfillment. And God located a young lady who was astute in the spirit enough to be able to pick frequencies in the spirit. And when the angel appeared to Mary and said, you will conceive and have a child and da-da-da-da-da, and Mary says, how can this thing be? And said, the spirit of God will come upon you. What, what was the next thing she said? She didn't say, ah, my own has finished. No. All she said was, let it be to me according to your word. That means she was prepared spiritually to take, she had a shock absorber spiritually, to take any shock that will come her way. God, that prophecy located that. When Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 7, 14, they didn't mention Miriam. Do you want prophecies to be fulfilled positively upon your destiny? You need to be sharp in the spirit. You need to climb a spiritual sycamore tree and remain there and be climbing up. Bible says in Jude verse 20, beloved, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. When you pray in the spirit, what happens to you? It opens your mind up. Because Bible says, see that praise in the spirit. He said you edify yourself, you build yourself up like an edifice. You can't be building up and not be seeing far. When you build up, you see further in the spirit. That's what happens when you pray. Can you hear me ask your neighbor, do you have a prayer life? Or you figure everything out with your brain. <laughs> I don't want you to say the next one today. So they don't think you are insulting them. I want to say your brain is too small. <laughs> and that's the truth. My brain is too small to figure out my destiny. Yeah. Only that's I'm alluding to that fact with God. Lord, my brain is too small to figure out my destiny. I'm committing everything to your hand. And I need to work with me on this project. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Or say better amen, somebody. Thirdly, the Bible says Jesus was in favor with men. And that talks about valuable relationships and social skills. That's the way you can position yourself with valuable relationships, with building social skills, that when opportunities come, opportunity come to you. Somebody remember, wow, there's one nice guy that used to come around here. He says he knows a lot about software development, so this software thing that you're talking about, that guy is really nice, and if he's that nice, maybe he will be good also. Let me recommend him. And that's it, boom, opportunity comes. But if you are a cantankerous, argumentative, you know, I, I tell singles, a lot of the time, we bust our bubbles and you know, destroy opportunities uh, when you display bad attitudes in places where God has positioned people who recommend you to your spouse. Can you imagine somebody coming to church like this and see a lady? Say, ah, if you see that lady, man. And he's telling his friend, oh, man, if you see that lady, she's, and he said, what's her name? You mentioned, ah, um, <laughs> that struggle you are putting your head into. If you see, just like uh, some, some guy was telling me <laughs> about a lady that was a policeman <laughs> and tore his clothes. Now, what kind of recommendation would that kind of lady get from anybody at that scene? So you finish beating the policeman, tore his clothes, and then <laughs> somebody who was behind you then speaking to his cousin and mentioned your name. Eh? <laughs> Say, eh? 
Ooh. Ah, you better go and pray very well. In fact, I had fasting. I had fasting. Because it, it can't be God. I don't understand what I'm saying. People just say I'm a snob. Go and check yourself. Maybe you're a snob. Yeah, everybody cannot be saying you're a snob and you're the only person that says I'm not a snob. Check yourself. Judge yourself with your social skills. Yeah. How do you relate with people? Are you a nice person to be with? Because opportunities will pass you by when people cannot say you are a nice person. You are a good person. When people cannot be able to recommend you. Joseph in, in Genesis 41. Very simple. The Bible says in, 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 in that place that Joseph got to early morning. Prison. Everybody was in prison. Quite alright. So it was okay. But people were sad and it was like, hey guys, what's up? Why are you sad? What's happening here? Oh, this one says I, I had a dream. This other one says I had a dream. Okay, don't worry, don't worry. Interpretation is with God. Come and tell me. I'll sort you out. And like I said last one, it was supposed to be more sad than them. But he interpreted their dream. You know, nice guy to be with. In, in chapter 41 from verse 1, the Bible says two years passed. The butler forgot about him. But when there was a problem in Pharaoh's palace, that same butler that he solved the problem for, that he related with very well and comforted was the person who told Pharaoh about him. And the Bible says Pharaoh said, get him for me. Let him come with speed. But don't forget, here in, uh, in verse 14 of Genesis 41, the Bible says, and then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon and he shaved and changed his cloth and came to Pharaoh. He shaved, changed his cloth and came to Pharaoh. That's what is called palace protocol. You understand palace protocol. You don't appear before Pharaoh in prison clothes. Shaved himself, changed his clothes, and then came up to Pharaoh. That talks about social skills. You should know how to appear before somebody. You know the kind of language you should speak in a place that some kind of people are sitting and how to present yourself. You know how to look. You dress the part all the time. Don't say God will do what he will do. What's that? So they're saying you should come, you come for interview and you show up anyhow and say, God will do what you will do. God won't do nothing. Am I, are, you, are you hearing me? God expects you to do what you would do. Which is to dress the part and be believable. You can't be praying all night, God give me another job and then they call you for an interview in the company and you can't even open their uh, your, your, your laptop and I mean put on your laptop and check the website of that company and see what they do and they said what do we do here and you're asking give me a minute for what and you know some people are too spiritual to do their research and homework well and position themselves well and be believable and everything is about God tell your neighbor stop it <laughs> do your part <laughs> yeah do your part Position yourself well. Understand the process protocol, the protocol in your industry and wherever God is positioning you. The Bible says, he who walk with the wise shall be wise. The companions of fools shall be destroyed. We're talking relationship here. Uh, position yourself well. Jesus was in favor with men. Can you hear me ask your neighbor, who is your mentor? The word mentor now has become a cliche. Everybody says mentoring, mentor, mentor. But most people don't do nothing about it. Yeah. Mentor. Ment ah, mentoring is good. Oh, ah, yeah. But what are you doing about it? There's certain opportunities that will never come your way until you have some mentors. 
Your mentor, therefore, is a picture of your future. Yeah. So if you like, get somebody who is broke to be advising about your finances. That's the picture of your future. I hope you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I position myself when I get a good mentor. Yeah, it's a position in destiny when I have a good mentor. Because relationships are very important, extremely important. And lastly this morning, the power of your seed. You position yourself with your seed. The gift of a man will make room for him and bring him before kings and not mere men. And that's not talking about the gift in terms of skills, what you have in your hand. Yeah. You position yourself with your seed. Let me explain a little better. As a farmer, if this is my ground that I want to plant in, if I have 10 seeds in my hand, I put them 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and I walk away from there, and I backtrack and I think of 6 months, 8 months down the line, what I'm expecting is that I will have 10 trees growing there. Am I saying the truth? So my seed gives me a dream or a picture. And you see, life moves you in the direction of your most dominant pictures. Are you forgetting me? Yeah. Have you seen that the law of attraction works in this manner? What is most prevalent on your mind is what you see, even when you drive on the road. Pregnant women only see other pregnant women. They don't see you and I. Yeah. See other pregnant women when you are a colleague, colleague, you know, that kind of thing. You're going through the same thing. Yeah. There's something in me that connects with you. I hope you understand what I'm saying. What you think about is what you see. A seed helps you to focus your thinking. And can I say this as a roundup? If you're here in this church and you've been sowing seeds, some of us have given to us a building project, you know, and different other things, you need to allow your seed to put a picture in your heart. What does your harvest look like? Because when you have your picture of your harvest, that harvest will have to locate you. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying this morning. Last Sunday, I made a presentation about, you know, the next phase of our uh, building project and, you know, the, the festival we're putting up against mid next year and I asked that people should give. If you made a copy, if you are not around, I'm still asking you today, be a part of it. If you need more information, we, we can, you can approach any of the pastors. We'll send you uh, the presentation that I made last Sunday so you understand what we're doing. But as you give, please make sure that you don't give Flippantly. The Bible says, if the heart remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. And before harvest becomes a reality, it's first of all a picture, a dream. And you move in the direction of your most dominant picture. That's how life moves. Opportunities will come to you to actualize your dominant picture. And seed is what brings a picture into our heart, should bring a picture into our heart the most. Because a seed shows a picture of harvest. And as I keep that picture in my heart, I move closer towards it. When God says in Malachi chapter 3, that we should give tithe to him. And I say this all the time. You have the choice of giving it to God or the devil will collect it and doesn't take 10%. But the good thing about the 10% that God has for is that he says, I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. And I've said it over and over again. God does not tear the roof of your house to pour down money. Have you woken up before and you see dollar on your bed and say, where does it come from? It says it's from God. No, it doesn't work like that. When it says, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. A blessing is talking about opportunities. It's talking about, it's talking about ideas. Ideas. It's talking about favor. It's talking about, but mostly ideas. New ideas. You know, if you read the book before, 
Movers of men and mountains. The writer of the book, How G. Lutonew. In fact, it was his biography. How G. Lutonew. The book is available on Amazon. Go get it and read it. This was the first guy in America who created, he has a large company that created health moving equipment. How G. Lutonew. Movers of men and mountains. When you read his biography, you see it there. This guy was a believer. And he attested to the fact that he said, when I, when I give, give tithe to God, he said, sometimes God shows up in my dream. I see drawings, see pictures on uh, other kind of earth-moving equipment. He said, I will wake up, quickly scribble it, give it to my engineers, they produce it, and it's a market winner. He was credited to be the one who pioneered the construction of interstate highways. The ones, uh, if, you've been, if you frequent America, the ones that people crisscross to go from state to state today in the U.S. His company pioneered the construction of most of those highways. They, they manufacture very large earth-moving equipment. And he credited the success of that company to paying tight. Because God gave him ideas and opened opportunities to him as he did. Can I challenge somebody today? Position yourself. Position yourself for opportunities. This country is a river flowing with opportunities. And we need to position. Somebody saying, I want to position. Then lift your two hands today and say, Lord, help me to position for opportunities that are ahead of me. Help me to position. You're like, like Zacchaeus. Maybe you already have money. Because the Bible says Zacchaeus was rich. And it's not appropriate for a rich man to be climbing trees. But Zacchaeus positioned himself for new opportunities. There are greater opportunities than the one you have experienced so far greater opportunities. So why don't you ask God this morning, Lord, help me to position. Help me to position myself for opportunities. 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 Somebody pray this morning, Lord, is it in personal development? Is it in skill acquisition? Is there a course that I need to attend? Is there a book that I need to read? As we move into a new year, Lord, help me to position. That opportunities in 2015 will not elude me. Somebody here needs to ask God, Lord, you need me to change my network. I don't want to be companion, a companion of fools. Come on, speak to God this morning. Ask him in any area that he will want you to reposition. Ask him, Lord, help me to reposition. I'm willing. I'm willing to reposition. I'm willing to reposition. Somebody may be here this morning. You just need to reposition in your heart and stop all the hurts and pain and allow God to move over your life. Stop thinking about your enemies. Think about what God has planned to do in your life. And as you do that, God will take pain away from your heart, hurts away from your heart. Forget about the pain of the past. Let the peace of God come into your heart. He has his own plans for you. And his plans for you are good. Why don't you ask him today, Lord, help me to see it. Help me to understand your hands for my life. Father, we thank you. If you don't mind, lift your two hands with me as I pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive a blessing over this congregation this morning. I declare everlasting, Father, let your hand rest upon everyone. As a church, help us to position for new opportunities. As individuals and families, grant us the grace to position for greater opportunities. If there's anyone here who has been blocked in destiny from seeing opportunities and from opportunities seeing them, I remove every blockade today 
in the name of Jesus. I declare that by the hand of your spirit, take limits of your people. Take limits away from our mind. Help us to see ourselves differently. Help us to be able to be at the right place at the right time. And if there's anything that has been wrongly positioned in our lives, Lord, this morning, we ask that heaven will move over our destinies and take away everything that makes for wrong positioning. 